Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace show, where we're creating a conversation for what God's doing through Christians in the marketplace. I'm Sean Bowles, and my co-host is Bob Hassan. We interview everyday influencers, business leaders, and entrepreneurs from all areas of industry, exposing you to powerful stories of what God's doing through people just like you. We're also sharing our thoughts about what God's doing in finance, business, entertainment, and politics. Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace, Bob Hassan. I'm so excited to do the show with you because I love the feedback we get from audience members all the time. People who've watched the show, people who've listened to the show, whether on the way to work or in the gym. And we're getting so much feedback from people like you. We have an incredible show on today, especially if you are in a journey that's very, in a way that maybe you wouldn't lead yourself, but you're following God in your career. We have someone on today who is doing something exactly that God wanted her to do that she would have never prepared for. And Bob tells who it is. Well, uh, Sean, uh, Denise is our friend. Lauren introduced uh, us to her. Um, Denise Grace Gitchum, uh, prior to starting her own public affairs consulting firm, worked at the highest levels of federal government in the White House, the Senate. She's a lawyer. She's worked in startups as a candidate for Congress. She graduated from Georgetown uh, University Law. And uh, she appears regularly now on a national news outlet, uh, The Hill. Uh, she's a contributor for all kinds of different things. This woman has is, does it all. And she's written a book called Politics for People Who Hate Politics, How to Engage Without Losing Your Friends <laughs> and Selling Your Soul. And it's, it's just come out. And we're going to have the best conversation with her. Absolutely. And I love that she's so spirit-driven. She's so like, she listens to God. She's had career opportunities because of that. And I know many of you are watching and listening need that right now. You need that encouragement. And so up next is Denise Kitchum. One of the passions I have is to help people to understand how to walk with God in your prophetic gifts. And one of the prophetic gifts is word of knowledge. Now, everybody has access to this profound gift that helps you to understand what God's doing in your life now, but also in your past. And God can bring a word of knowledge gift or a word of knowledge to you that helps to move your life forward in such a profound way, it brings healing, brings strategy, brings wisdom. And we want the wisdom of God right now. Well, my book, God's Secrets, was all about that. And it was released five years ago. And we have a five-year anniversary edition that comes with a workbook and also a masterclass. So you could bring this incredible gift into your life. Now, remember, Paul said to go after love like your life depends on it and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. That's exactly what this book is about. It's going to help you to have the prophetic and action in your life, and it will move you and your world forward. Well, welcome back, Sean. We're with our friend, Denise Gitchum. Denise, you've been a public affairs, you had a public affairs company, you're a lawyer, you've been a candidate. And now what are you doing? <laughs> what am I not doing? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Sean, thank you so much for having me back on. You know, I, I feel like God has sort of connected dots in a way that I never thought he could, even when mm. you say what I've done in the past. Um, none of it really makes perfect sense. I always thought, Denise, come on, pick a career, just stick with it, you know? And it was interesting just following the breadcrumbs that God would put in front of me, how I ended up becoming an author and somebody who is on TV doing political commentary. And those are all dreams that I 
really had never had. I never had dreams about writing a book. Right. And um, I did dream about being on, on TV as a maybe like a news anchor or something. But that dream died a long time ago when high def television came into reality. And I knew that anyone over the age of 35 probably couldn't cut it. <laughs> but here I am at 46. And I have a whole new career in the media as well as a political commentator. So who knows, I just follow wherever God leads. And I'm and I'm always just on the lookout for where he's taking me next. I feel like you're my soul sister because I laugh <laughs> at all these years. I've done so many things and I always thought I'd be in the entertainment industry, never, which I am a little bit, but I never thought I would be a social commentator. Mm. And I just think of some of the things I've done over just the last year and a half, how God's hijacked my schedule. But I know for you personally, because you're, you've always been called to be a voice and you've done these careers that are like, you've helped shape the way people think about certain things. You've, you've been in politics, but now being a political commentator, I'm going to hold up your book for those of you who are watching visually. It's this new book's coming out. We're not going to talk a, a lot about the book till the end, but it's called politics for people who hate politics. <laughs> now I read this and I am going to, I'm, I'm ordering them because I want to give them away. And so I, um, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out for even next year, just for even our partners and stuff, because there's things that you say, again, you're not on one side or the other as much as you are just for the whole vision of understanding why we should engage politics. There's things that you should that, that you say that no, I've never heard said before. I'm like, I would literally read it and go, say it again, you know, like, something. but talk about this, because one of the things you're doing right now, you're actively you're in Washington, DC, and you have a vision to give this to every member of Congress. Like you want people who are already politicians to have this because it really does kind of restructure and rewire. Talk to us about when you said you don't want to write books and then you wrote one that's probably one of the most intense kind of subjects you could tackle as a Christian. Yeah. So first of all, I just want to say you're an amazing social commentator. I listen to you all the time and it's crazy how often I'm out on a run and I listen to you always. When oh, I'm, I both so of y'all, both of y'all, when you're on a run, when I'm on a run, you guys aren't on a run, I am. And I'll have to stop and take notes because the things that you said, whether you realize it or not, Bob and Sean, um, they shape they shape the thinking that undergirds the themes of this book in a million ways. And so I just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and just really that perspective of, of how much God loves us and how our identity is so rooted in him. And it doesn't matter what sphere of influence your listeners are in or, or any of any of us are in, if we are secure in that, we can do pretty much anything to be his voice and impact culture in any, any way. So I just want to thank, thank you so you. much for what you do. So I wrote this book because I really felt like, first of all, I didn't want to write the book. I didn't really feel like I wanted to write the book, to be honest. I had written another book that um, was more of a chronicle of sort of my life story and how much a revelation of how God loved me. Um, as a daughter of immigrants, I really have struggled over the course of my life to understand where I fit in. And that's true, whether it's career-wise or just as an American, where do I fit into this whole incredible mix of people that make mm -hmm. up this country? And um, when I came to writing about politics, I didn't want to do it because I just was so sick and tired of politics. Like when you look at the title of my book, that accurately reflects how I felt yeah. when I wrote. <laughs> I have <laughs> Which such is perfect. A, yeah, politics for people who hate politics. I mean, I was so tired and I wrote this beginning in 2020. So you guys, everybody was sick of politics in 2020. Yeah. Even if you were consumed by it, we were all upset by one thing or another. And I was not immune to that, even as a believer. And so I think I wrote it because I felt like everything that I was seeing about politics as usual was being done wrong. I felt like 
the people that I love the most, my church family, my family in Christ, didn't really have a guide or an understanding of how to navigate or whether to engage in politics at all. And I felt like if there was anyone that could tell me how to express to them what needed to be done so they could be effective in shaping what our nation would be about and what we stood for, it would be the Holy Spirit. I really needed Jesus and the Holy Spirit to just sit with me and help me write this book that really, the Lord said, put on blinders, don't read anything that anyone has written about this topic. That is not your message. I'm going to give you the message. And I literally feel like I had that vision. I felt like a a racehorse behind a gate and I was ready to go and I would sit down and I would just put my fingers on the keyboard and the Lord would just start telling me what to write. And it was incredible because I thought nobody would read it. And so did every publisher I sent my proposal to. (laughs) My agent would feel so bad. And I'm not, I don't really get too down on rejection. I ran for Congress. So you get used to hearing no, and it's okay. But after like a lot of them, you kind of like, well, maybe God, you know, maybe we need to rejig this book a little bit. (laughs) Maybe Satan was right. No one wants to read this book. Um, Thankfully, my agent didn't believe the lies and neither did I. And we found an incredible publisher, but everybody wanted me to do what all the publishers wanted me to do, what the world was already doing and what the church was doing, which was picking a side. Now, Mm. let me be really clear about this. I am as partisan as they come. I'm a lifelong Republican. I'm a conservative commentator in the news. So I have no problems with having an allegiance to a perspective or belief system. I have, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm a creature of Washington, D.C. What I have a problem with is when we allow that identity to supersede our identity in Christ yeah. and our commit, commitment yeah. to kingdom principles over partisan agendas. All of us have different identities that we assume over the course of our lives. All of that is great. It's part of what makes us so interesting and complementary as the full body of Christ. But when we allow our identity to be superseded by anything, it shapes the way we treat each other in a way that is not reflective of the love of God. And that is really what this book is all about. It's about how do we engage as believers? And even if you're not a believer and you're listening, it's not, it's based on biblical principles, but whether you believe the scripture that explains and justifies these principles or not, living by these principles, speaking the truth in love, engaging with humility, being curious about why people believe other things. There's a whole plethora of principles in the book. It will literally teach you how to engage in a way that basically spells out by the subtitle is how to engage without losing your friends or selling your soul. <laughs> wow. Well, Denise, um, this book is amazing, but I want to go backwards a little bit because you, you, you graduated, you have a law degree, um, you've had businesses, you've, you've had, you've run for Congress, you've had all these highs and lows and help our listeners and viewers to understand where you're coming from and how God brought you to this point in your life. (laughs) I wish I could give a formula that anyone could follow and they could end up where I am today. Honestly, Bob, and you and Lauren have been with me through some of the the lowest parts of my life and you've walked me through that and I'm so grateful for it. Um, You know, I I always just felt, like I said in the beginning, um, that nothing, I felt like, you know, that story with Goldilocks and the three bears, it was like nothing quite (laughs) Everything was too big, too wrong, too this, too that. 
And it was like, I could never quite fit into anything and nothing felt like it resonated with my spirit. But what I realized was that going to law school, while I didn't really want to be a practicing attorney, once I started being an attorney, going to law school helped me become a much clearer thinker, a better communicator and a better writer. Being in politics helped me to understand the ways of the world and why our federal government works the way that it does and why it doesn't work when it doesn't work. And being specifically on the political side of things helped me to understand human nature better and also give me insight into what I think will help our nation become maintain its position as the leader of the free world for the benefit of all humanity. And so while I didn't want to stay in politics as a career, And I didn't want to stay in the law as a career. And I certainly didn't want to stay in really any business that I've ever started or run as a career. I feel like each of those skill sets helped create um, a broader understanding of the world and the role that I'm in now, which is really in the media world and explaining things from a much more well-rounded perspective. I really had nothing to say before now that was interesting or insightful, or wise even. And I feel like the Lord has given me so many experiences and has put so many years under my belt that when I step into any arena, I feel like the Lord gives me things to say that are based on experience and his wisdom. Well, and I think it was so interesting because I'm you know, i friends with a lot of the CBN news anchors and some of the Christian anchors at Centerpoint News on TBN. And so there's a lot of Christians who've come into this place who've come out of just mainstream journalism, mainstream commentary, and they've, they're, they're also serving in an in-between place, which is like to the general Christian audience as well. And then I'm friends with people who are anchors who aren't in the Christian audience as well, and might be on, you know, they might be on the Daily Wire, or they might be on Blaze Media or these different places. And it's so beautiful right now, because this is the first generation where people are emerging as voices to help navigate. And we need this. I'm thinking about going into 2024. We're about to go into probably the worst time in politics in his in modern history, as far as the polarization so strong, the racial dynamics are so strong, the 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 narratives are so built, they're so contrived, there's so much mockingbird media that just repeats on both sides the narrative over and over and over. And so people can't find the middle ground in so many times. And then here you are getting launched into this season of your life to be a voice in the midst of that. And also come from a Christian foundation, but you're out there in the mainstream, you're out there like all over the place. Talk about like just as you've been deployed more and more into this career of being a political commentator, what have what have you seen God do in the midst of this? Because I mean, you have to you have to have him as your incentive. I've watched yes. your life. So what makes it worth it? What's making it like go, oh, yes, this is it? So every time I go on TV, every single time. I pray, Lord, just speak truth and hope and life over the audience. Because sometimes, just like any person, I hope, maybe I'm just more wayward than most, but I get caught up in wanting the lawyer in me comes out like raging. And I just want to win. I want to go for the guttural. I want to land my point and sound so clever at the expense of the person I disagree with. And what the Lord has really checked my spirit about is what is your real purpose for being on TV? Why do they call you? Why have I put you in this position? It's to speak life and hope and truth in love. And so 
when I go on, I'm very cognizant of the fact that people know I'm a believer. I'm not quoting scripture every time. I mean, that'd be so weird if I did. It wouldn't be honoring to the culture that I stepped into. Mm -hmm. But what I do is I speak from the truth of who I am and what shapes me. And when it's appropriate, I'll say, hey, you know, I'll drop in something kind of thinly veiled. Sometimes I'll quote scripture. Nobody has a problem with it. It's really more about the spirit in which you do it. And so I had this specific experience where on one of the first days I was a commentator when I was still just trying to figure out what I was doing, the producer told me right before I went on, he said, hey, we're switching out the e-block, the last segment of the show. And he said, we're going to actually throw a question to you about the anti-LGBTQ laws that have passed all over the country. Are you ready for that? I was like, are you kidding me? You just told me that as I'm going on TV. I start sweating. I get this like, all the time. Yeah, hey, I'm not going to. I'm like, I haven't even researched that. I don't even know what states the laws in. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, thanks a lot. So all the whole show, I have no idea if I sounded like a babbling idiot or not, probably because I was so nervous and focused on mm. that last block, the E block in the show. And so I was like, Lord Jesus, every second, Lord Jesus, I was thinking, help me to say what you want me to say on national TV live. And when it came to me, I kind of blacked out. This is, this is how I know God is the one that's yeah. for me because yeah. I don't remember what I said, but when I finished, I looked at the other panelists and in between commercial breaks, what I heard from one of them was Denise, that was the most beautiful thing. There was like this audible mm. sigh and people were like, well, aren't you nice? Isn't that lovely? And he said to me on the commercial break, there was a Democrat that was sitting that I usually spar with all the time. And he said, you know, my daughter is actually in the LGBTQ community. And I've never heard anyone from your side of the aisle talk like that in a wow. way that honors her. Wow. And so while I stood for what I believed in, I said, you know, we really need to talk about how we engage with people on this issue and make sure that it's spoken in respect and love and honor. And I don't really remember much more of what I said, but whatever it was, it wasn't so much maybe the words that I said, it was just the presence of God mm -hmm. in me that was able to shift hearts and change the conversation from one of sharp elbows and you're wrong and I'm right to speaking identity and life into those that were listening. Yeah, Denise. And I think as I've watched you, you said spar with spar with him. Yeah. But you can tell that you've built a relationship with him. Yeah. And that there's mutual respect. And so when, when I watch you, it it is maybe it's sparring, maybe it's fun, <laughs> but it, it's it's basically you've built a relationship with someone and it's it's actually what your book stands for. Because you're on, you're on national TV, you're on a panel and you're you have a point counterpoint but it's not it's it's not negative it's not hateful and so so talk about how you've built the relationship thank you bob <laughs> i'm glad that comes across you're welcome uh, well and tell your and tell our listeners where they can see you when i but tell us how you've built relationships in this what is a toxic environment in yeah. order and, and you're having fun here well, first of all, I'm on the Hill on News Nation. News Nation is a relatively new cable news network that is honestly, it's the fastest growing one in America because it's the newest, but also they're doing incredible things. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I am really fortunate to work with an incredible crew there. They've hired specifically for diversity of opinion and thought, which is really rare in the media. When you yeah. go to certain, you know, most cable news networks have their identities pretty much established or right or left, and they hire 
for their perspectives. The intention of this show and the executive producer who I am so fond of is that he wanted to hire for diversity of opinion and that's reflected throughout the set. And I, when you think of all what DEI means now in mainstream and in businesses, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, oftentimes it excludes those who represent the, the center and the center right. And in this case, our executive producer said we need a complete diversity, an actual diversity of opinion. And so they hired that way. And regardless of where we stand, if I'm wearing my Israel America pin and there's somebody wearing a Palestinian pin on the other side or, you know, standing for that cause, when we are together, we're on one team and we're there to make this show successful. And there's no personal animosity. And I think that you're right. It comes from relationship, Bob. At the end of the day, we are all relational beings. And when we look at somebody, they know whether we're interested in who they are or whether we're just interested in using them as a platform to prove yeah. how right we are. We're speaking of America. It sounds like, I mean, we should be able to do what your show's doing in America right now. And because of, um, I really think there's a lot of, I'm just going to be, I don't want to go too much of this, but the fatherlessness that's in America yes. and the parentlessness is creating where people are fighting over the minors, not the majors. And I love that you're on a show where it's like, again, it's in the media world, it's in the news yeah. media world, and you're able to address some things. Because when you deal with like what we're about to deal with coming up into the election cycle, I'm sure <laughs> on the right, they're going to be talking terrible about China and like your parents were immigrants from China. So it's like, they're gonna be talking about things that you're like, you're Republican, but you also have a different perspective, but we need to hear on it. And on the left, they're going to be talking about, you know, abortion all the time. It's going to be, it's very, very polarizing when we go into the election cycle. So it's so encouraging that you're able to be able to bring up some things from a perspective, both from who you are uniquely from all these diverse backgrounds, but also how you represent Christ. And I think that that's a very rare thing. I think there's probably other people who are watching are like, I want to represent you, Jesus, that way and think differently than I do now. That's one of the reasons why I love having the show is because people can watch you and go, wait a minute, if Denise is doing it that way, have I asked that question of God, what do you want me to do here? Or how, how will you lead me? Or am I following the breadcrumbs? All of your language is so profound. All of the ways that you're describing is very coaching, I think, for our audience. So I'm so encouraged by it. Talk about the actual, you're, you're active, we got you on the day you're doing your book launch, which is really cool. And so talk about the book that you've written and what you're hoping. Uh, we've talked a little bit about the story behind it, but like talk about the actual book. What is it about? And, and what are you hoping this accomplishes this year? Well, thank you for that soft pitch. Now I'm going to knock it out, hopefully. <laughs> um, so the book is, it's just such um, an amalgamation of all the things that I've done wrong in politics for the last 20 plus years. That's the starting point of it. It's a position of humility because when I come to Washington, actually Senator Tim Scott, who wrote the foreword, was the first person to actually ever tell me this. And I respect him so much that I've given him, you know, carte blanche to correct me and, and shape me in a way that that aligns with God. He's he's like the first person to say, you're really off track, Denise, when I'm here. Wow. And I remember one time he said, you know, when you come to Washington, because he knows me outside of Washington, he says, there's like this, you just shift, you get really competitive, you get weird. It's like, um, it's just not you. And you get really selfishly ambitious. He's like, I can see it in your eyes. I can see it when you walk into a room. And this is like, probably 2017, 2016, when I was running for Congress, and I was considering whether to run again. And I was still in that kill mode of like, I want to go, I'm going to win, I want to be in Congress. And, and he was like, I don't really think that, that that's really what you were meant to do is to actually be there. He actually told me once, he said, I feel like you're trying to hold a flashlight and God's trying to give you a floodlight. 
Mm. You're supposed wow. to impact a lot more oh people gosh. than the people in your district. And he's very prophetic. And, but that stung the part, I don't even remember that part as much as I did the part of like, who do you become when you come to Washington? And so you can read about who I became when I came to Washington, because it's all in my book. It's like a tell all mm -hmm. of all the ways that as a Christian who had been a Christian since she was 15 years old, I would ignore the central tenet of our faith was just to love people. I came here to win. I came here to support a president, to change people's minds, to fight for an agenda. To it was always a fight feeling. Was, and I would always justify my end, my means, by the ends. I would say, "Well, mm -hmm. I'm fighting for the Lord and these principles." Mm -hmm. And so, you know, isn't that isn't that being loving? I always confused speaking the truth with speaking the truth in love. Yeah. There's no such thing as love apart from truth. But you can definitely, and I'm the best example of it, speak truth without love. And that's so why true. Jesus is it's so, so clear on the matter. He says, you have to speak the truth in love. And let me tell you this too, because I've heard this so many times from believers. It just drives me crazy. Um, and these people are well-intentioned. They just haven't spent as much time writing and thinking about it as I have. So sometimes people will say, well, you know, the truth is truth and that's love and deal with it, Right. And I said, actually, no, love is clearly defined in scripture. If you've mm. ever been to a wedding, whether you've ever, ever cracked open a Bible or not, you read, you read first Corinthians 13, somewhere in that, you know, rundown on the yeah. wedding and God is clear as to what love is. He doesn't leave that to our imagination. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. And it goes on and on and on people, when people feel loved, you're loving when people feel loved. It's really, yeah. really easy to know whether people are speaking the truth in love. Right. And so that was really one of the, the main themes in my book that I wanted people to know is that I I still have to crack my book open and remind myself of who I want to be and who Jesus calls us to me. When I engage, I can lose my mind too, all the time, on mm -hmm. TV even. And I have to remember that the first principle is that Jesus loves this person sitting across from me regardless of what they believe. And my job is to stand up as a representative of his, as an ambassador of heaven and change the atmosphere and bring life and hope and truth and love into that conversation in equal parts. Oh, Denise, that's so good. Okay. How do people get a hold of you and how do people get a hold of your book? Okay. Uh, you can get a hold of me. Thank you, Sean. Um, you're like Vanna White. <laughs> I love it. Actually, yes. it's, it's the easiest uh, book I've ever endorsed, for real. I want to say yeah. that. It, it's, I mean, it literally is the easiest book I've ever endorsed. I was like, I need my parents to read this. Like, I need people to read this. You have no idea. Like, coming from you, that means so much more to me. It's funny how, like, the different people that I asked for endorsements, I didn't ask a lot. There weren't many people that I cared about or had, was that emotionally invested in wanting it from. And, and when you when you said yes, it just really moved me deeply. So thank you, Sean. It means well, so just, much. I read it all in one sitting, like, really fast. Like, <laughs> not because I was trying to glaze through it, but I was like, oh, finally, someone's saying that. Oh, that's how you say that. Oh, I, I felt like it, it actually coached me on language. Like, so oh. I'm being honest. So sorry. Let's get back to how. No, I really appreciate that me. so much. It's I like think it's going to coach a lot of people. Because I'm still trying to figure out how to look like, yeah. what does it look like to love in spheres that are hard? And you just, you did it so well through this book. It really is a manual. So keep going. Well, and you know what, if you take those principles and you apply them to any divisive sphere of influence, whether you're in a mm -hmm. business negotiation, got lawyers all over, whatever the situation is that you're stepping into, any sphere of influence, education, media, you name it, any of the seven or more, 
if you apply those principles, at the end of the day, this is about being a better disciple of Christ. It's not about anything else. It just, politics just happens to be the medium. And so um, you can find my book anywhere books are sold. Um, My personal website is denisegracegetsum.com. It's last name's a little tricky. It's Welsh. So it's G-I-T as in Tom, S-H-A-M as in Mary.com. And then I'm on Instagram and socials and all of that fun stuff. You guys can find me pretty easily, but um, yeah. It's a lot of fun. And I'm so grateful to you guys for caring about the book. Um, You never know who's going to read your book. If you're the only one that thinks, wow, like that was pretty profound. Thank you, Jesus, for writing this through me. But I'm glad that it resonates with other people as well, because it took a long time to write. (laughs) Denise, uh, thank you so much for being with us again. Yes, thank you for having me again. (laughs) Oh, we're, we're we're just so honored. And up next, we have final thoughts with Sean and Bob. I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to invite you to our Spiritual Growth Academy online, where you can attend a four-week class or an event every month, plus our back catalog is available to you as well, on spiritual gifts, especially hearing God's voice, and also a deeper connection to the Holy Spirit and how to walk with Him in real ways in the days we're living in right now. Come join us at Spiritual Growth Academy by going to bowlsministries.com and clicking on the Academy button. Welcome back. Well, Denise is always an amazing interview, and I just love where God has taken her and how uh, how impacted she is by this work. And it feels like she's speaking about her life's message right now. Yeah, you know, I feel like back in the 80s, we had like Pat Robertson and his whole crew kind of made it safe for Christians to go into media, go into being journalists and commentators and those kinds of things. But there hasn't been millions of people deployed into the media. It's been maybe thousands as far as Christians who really believe that God's sending them to do this. And the fact that her whole career is culminated to right now to do that, it's encouraging because we're seeing people God raise up a media army and we need that because one of the things that Christians are called to do is be a voice for God about what he's doing in the world. And if we don't have that voice, then popular media will not meet those needs or drive that narrative the right way. So I'm so grateful for her being there, but on top of that, writing a book she didn't want to write. I'm just being obedient. I mean, you and I know about that. We do a lot of things we would have never asked God for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's so she's so uh, happy about it. And I love how she, in the interview, drew a kind of a line through her career and said she couldn't figure out, she didn't use these words, how the dots were connected, but from law school to public affairs to um, being a consultant and all the things that to running for candidate, uh, a candidate to being involved in politics has brought her to this and all the things that she learned. I love how she was able to look back on that and, and realize that God always had a plan for her. And I think that's one of the things that Sean, you and I have to always remember and our listeners and viewers Mm -hmm. have to remember is God has a plan. No matter where you think you are, he's got a plan and you're on the path. And I have a prophetic sense as you're saying that just that some of you who are, you know, with us today as our our friends who are, you know, been on the journey on Exploring the Marketplace for a while. I have a prophetic sense that there's a culmination for many of you. And so when you're listening to something inside of you, it's like, wow, I feel like I'm about to understand all the different types of eclectic things that God's led me into. And when God leads you, he always makes sense of that. And he brings skill sets and tools and relationships from past lives that we've lived here on the earth, meaning like the past career choices we made, the the school we went to, the church we were in 15 years ago, whatever it is, and they're going to culminate. So I want to really prophesy that over your role or just pray that for you that Mm -hmm. God would culminate 
those opportunities, just like Denise had that culmination that you're going to have a culmination and many things are going to make sense for why you've been led by God. You didn't make the choice. You followed him and said yes to his choice he was making for you. And he's going to reward you for that. Well, I thank you so much, Bob. And I love to interact with you guys. We love the, the feedback you're giving us, the reviews you're giving us and the sharing you're doing of these episodes. I want to encourage you to keep doing that. Keep subscribed to our podcast. We'd love to hear from you. You can write info at bullsministries.com and give us a testimony of what God's doing in your career. And we love to feature even uh, different ones of our uh, audience members and people who've been following us. We love to feature you at times in different media that we do as well. So we'd love to hear those testimonies and we will see you next time. Thanks for exploring what God is doing in the marketplace with us. We have amazing resources for you at our website with free videos, take an online class with us at our online school, Spiritual Growth Academy, or get one of our books, including the one Bob and I authored together, Wired to Hear. We have lots of ways to connect with you. Come visit us on social media. Just look for at Sean Bowles or at Bob Hassan or visit BowlesMinistries.com. This show is made possible by listeners just like you. Become a partner or donate now to become part of our team. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it on your socials or help us review it on the podcast server you found us on. See you next time. 